Hey everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Death to Vanilla podcast, where we make sure that you get awesome content on how to do work that is going to make you stand out rather than be vanilla and get lost in the noise. So today's podcast guest is Ryan Solomon. He is the content manager for a company called Entra. They are a huge networking group, business, and social media platform that really connects VCs and startups and be able to create funding and education for people who are starting to get their business off the ground, especially with tech. And so we had a chance to sit down and chat about that, talk about what it means to market boldly um, and really connect with people. They've done a great job over the last two years connecting with people at live events, but obviously with 2020 and COVID, they weren't able to do that as well. And so, you know, they're just doing a great job of being on TikTok, doing uh, live content and being able to just pump out that kind of great educational work every single day. And so him and I talk a little bit about that and some of the uh, mindset and some of the just the bold marketing that goes behind some of the new startups and why sometimes they are more adventurous than others. And so thank you so much for listening and I will catch you on the other side. Well, hey, my name is Steven with the Death to Vanilla podcast. I have Ryan here with Entra. I was previously saying it terribly. And uh, yeah, so I'm just excited to have him on board. He's the content uh, creator for um, that company and really deals with a lot of like startups and founders and kind of all the that community there. And so I'm excited to hear from him today, but just because, you know, like we talked about a little bit earlier before we theoretically hit record that, um, you know, uh, startups just have kind of a different way of looking at marketing. They have a different approach to things because they just, they're new, they're not established. They don't have like a history of the way they've done things before, maybe as individuals they have, but not as a company. So yeah, so I guess um, to kick things off, um, I'll just kind of answer, you know, ask you the generic question. When you think of the word, like the phrase death to vanilla, what does that kind of make you think? What does that trigger in your mind when you think of marketing? I think that kind of means just ending the bland, you know, like the boring and going with something kind of like out there, adventurous, bold, creative, something new and new and unique is kind of what comes to my mind. Even though I do like vanilla ice cream, but like changing it up, you know? Yeah. Um, you know what comes to my mind. Well, it's true. Everyone does uh, love to hate vanilla, but I, especially if it's bluebell vanilla ice cream, oof, that's just good stuff. So. Exactly. <laughs> so everyone has a different, def- different, different definition of bold. What does the word bold mean to you when it comes to marketing? Like what word is that on the level of crazy? I think it means like breaking the status quo. Um, I think like really jumping out there, I think probably one of my favorite um, campaigns I've seen happen was actually that Taco Bell campaign where they did, they sold out tickets to their Taco Bell HQ where people could eat in person in like 30 seconds. And it got them an unlimited amount of press in like one night because all these celebrities were trying to get tickets to go to Taco Bell. I think things like that are some of my most favorite kind of marketing, like kind of bold marketing plans. Um, because no one's trying to, you know, go to Taco Bell. No one's ever going to reserve, but they kind of flipped it on its head. Uh, I think things like that are kind of my favorites. Now, to jump into your your history a little bit, I, I, I researched you a little bit in LinkedIn and saw you were actually a magician for like 
10 years. So you have got to have perfected on some level, like the art of keeping people's attention. Right. And so, because that's literally like controlling even where they're looking is kind of mm -hmm. like what goes into that. So how do you feel like, first of all, how did that even happen? How did you get into uh, being a magician? And how do you feel like that's translated into how you view marketing now, since it's still a game of attention? A hundred percent. And for myself, I got in whenever I was like, I don't know, like 10, nine or 10 or so. And I saw like America's Got Talent or something on YouTube. I think it was America's Got Talent I saw. And then I just started just researching every YouTube video on how to do it. And then I ended up, if you've ever had like a YouTube spiral, like down the rabbit hole, just <laughs> learning tons of different magic. And I'm also a hypnotist as well, okay. um, which is a lot of fun. And I think for me, I think really, whenever it comes to like marketing a startup, a lot of it's also networking. Uh, even more so than marketing, especially with what we're doing, because we're trying to get lots of like very niche, high quality entrepreneurs on our platform. So I think kind of with what I've done with magic is really about being very personable and not being afraid to just, you know, talk in front of people. And there's a lot of people who don't like public speaking. I'm the total opposite. Like you put me in a social interaction and I'll just, I'll, I'll literally, people, my friends will lose me sometimes whenever we're out somewhere. Like I'll, I'll literally just start talking to random people. Um, and I think magic really helped with that and what we're doing. Right. So that helped get you, not that you were in a shell to begin with, but you definitely learned to break out of it even more so. Exactly. And how to, and also like kind of how to like, I guess, I don't want to say manage people necessarily, but like when you're in conversation, like when there's a lot of people and a lot of things going on, like where to put your attention, like you were talking about before, um, is really important. And then whenever it comes to marketing, I guess like it kind of makes you think of like, how to be more creative, I think, because I think magicians are some of the most creative people because they want to make something seem ex completely extravagant outward, but on the inside, it's kind of like you know, a little secretive, like little things are happening that nobody knows about. Right. Um, there's a lot of different like creative thinking that goes into stuff like that. Right. Okay. That's cool. So then, okay, so that helps you with your networking, it helps you with attention, um, and so now you're in this place with where you're at Entre and walk me through kind of like how you got introduced to them and um, what kind of being a content manager looks like for them. Yeah, so I, my freshman year of college at Penn State, uh, which was spring of 2018, I was looking for internships and I found one, we were actually called Me Group beforehand before Entre. And I found that the founder at the time was 26, now he's 29. Um, he's a super young dude in Pittsburgh. And I saw what he was building, which is like the social platform for entrepreneurs. And I was like, this is really cool. Um, I didn't really know anything about tech. I didn't know anything about startups, um, but I joined that summer and I got to work with some like Carnegie Mellon uh, interns, some University of Pittsburgh interns. And after that summer, kind of just like I'd spend late nights with our CEO, Michael Mara, and I would ask him questions that were like totally irrelevant to me doing content. And I'd be like, how are we gonna raise funding? How, how do you raise funding? Who like, you know, all these ridiculous questions that were so far out of my realm. Yeah. Um, and once I kind of learned what we were building and what the long-term vision is, I was, I was stuck. I couldn't, I couldn't leave. And I worked for Entra throughout the school year, every single summer. Um, and now I'm down, down here in Panama City with our CEO as well. That's exciting. I, I love the, so one of the, I feel like the concerns that people have when 
you know, when it comes to the idea of like standing out and being bold is there's kind of like this fine line between taking it too far and, and then, and, and then not being enough. Right. And so uh, like one of uh, the people on my team, they had like looked up a ad that PETA did where they like had an ad that said like save the whales and had like some ginormous woman on the billboard and like people were like super offended and it was like okay like certainly that stood out but in all of the wrong ways that there was a line there and they were way past it and so my question for you is is from your experience both from working at Entra and then some of the startups you've seen how does someone go about evaluating where the line is for them and kind of juggling that balancing act of like different enough to be seen, but not so crazy. It's horrifying. Um, I think it's, it, it's difficult because it depends on the company too. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like one of the best ways, especially within like VC and tech is really through Twitter right now. Um, I think people kind of taking like, little jabs at other uh, competitors in their niche is probably a really good way to do it through memes. Um, and that's probably something we're gonna end up doing. I'm actually gonna be probably hiring a uh, chief meme officer here in this next six months or so. It's gonna be somebody I'm looking for that's like really good into, that understands tech and VC and also is good at memes, which is a really niche person to find. Oh, um, but that's probably one of the things that we're gonna be doing going forward. Um, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that are like very, very into that on the tech VC, like Twitter. Um, if you ever look up VC brags, it's a very funny Twitter account. They, uh, they just, they just take screenshots of VCs bragging about investments they've made and make fun of them. Um, and it has like a hundred thousand followers. Uh, so I think stuff like that is kind of like in the realm of where I think is a really good spot to be because people love memes. They get them, um, easily shareable. Um, but as long as you're not going across the line to like actually hating another company or a specific founder, um, as long as you're kind of like, I don't know, being playful, I think yeah. it's art. You know what I mean? Well, literally what makes me, what you triggered in my, triggered in my mind when you said that was Wendy's account. They're mm -hmm. like, first of all, it's hilarious. And you, you don't really know if they really mean it. But it's kind of like one of those things where like, it's just kind of fun. Like, I, I don't know, they somehow have managed to still make it, like you said, playful. But they're like, they're taking uh, some serious shots at like Burger King and like some of those. And dude, they are so funny to watch. Um, but that's interesting that you talk about having a, a, a chief meme creator. You know what I mean? Like, one of the things that I talk about is just continuing to like innovate with what is new. And so that's, it's not like memes are like new per se. But like, as far as the scope of marketing is concerned, you know, like billboards old, like old, exactly old memes in the frame of, you know, that frame of reference, very new. So, um, so, so I guess my, my question is you just, I, I suppose if you were to kind of deconstruct how you got to that point, you just saw accounts that were doing really well and you were seeing some of the stats that went like for that. And that's why you decided to pursue that. Yeah, I've seen I've seen some different accounts do it, and I've also seen like I think it also grows upon your brand as well because it allows you to kind of like it allows you to grow on what your brand is because like we said with like Wendy's like their Twitter is like playful, fun, funny. If that's what you're looking for, like this is like golden. You know what yeah. I mean? 
Um, and I think if you do it right, it's perfect. And then kind of like you found me through TikTok, right? With TikTok, it's all about pumping out lo- like volume, volume, volume. And I think it's kind of similar with the meme situation because if you pump out enough of them, there's a chance that one of them is going to be super funny. It's going to hit the right people. It's going to be retweeted by the right people. And you're going to get tons of organic reach from these types of memes. Well, and the funny thing is, is maybe I'm looking at all the wrong places, but I just don't feel like I see much of that from businesses. Like it is rare for me to see one from a business, which I think is phenomenal because what you're hitting on is like largely untapped. Like Mm -hmm. even business, there's not, I mean, there is kind of now, but even when I just started posting a video here and there, like there was not a lot of businesses on TikTok. And so it was almost like weird to show up like, hey, I'm, I'm at the party and no one else is here because, you know what I mean? No, like not many other businesses were doing it. And now it's definitely growing in popularity. And I feel like the meme game is kind of like that where there's just like funny accounts that are posting memes, but not necessarily businesses who are leveraging that. Well, I know, I know I'm certainly not, but now you got me curious. <laughs> Dude, there's, I've seen a couple that have done it. I've, I've seen like a couple dating apps that were like startup dating apps that were doing it okay. and a few other, I can't remember. Then I saw a job posting. I could, I can send it to you on Twitter. I saw it on Twitter. It was a guy who was literally hiring. He posted like, I'm looking for a chief meme officer. Like that's what the title was. That's where I, that's where I stole it from. Nice. Um, and he put that out. I sent it to all my friends. I was like, yo, you guys, here you go. Here's a job. Go get this. Also me. <laughs> also <laughs> I'm looking. No, that's really cool. Um, and I, I feel like you've kind of hit on something a little bit there that I've been exploring too, which is this idea that certain places allow for certain kinds of um, temperaments, if you will, right? And so like the memes, like clearly they're meant to, to be funny, you know? And so then you have like places like Twitter, which are like, I don't know. And then like, you know, Instagram is very just like pretty photos and stuff like that. Although people are leveraging those well, like as far as where you guys are looking as a company to leverage, how, how, what kind of temperament have you guys kind of landed on? And then how are you kind of expressing that with the different platforms that exist out there? I'd say like, so we're actually going to be kind of revamping some of our stuff for 2021. Um, but I would say TikTok is acting almost like a blog in a sense, as in what people like news, things people are searching for, you know, that's how like a blog is. Similarly, that's kind of what we're putting out on our TikTok is like every morning I read Crunchbase, like their newsletter, and I read all the companies that have the most recent fu- fundraising rounds. And then I read TechCrunch and go through and find the most important stories um, and try to cover that on my TikTok. And then whenever it comes to Twitter, Twitter is very good for interacting with the right people because tech vc twitter is like one thing that most people don't know exists unless you're kind of in that scene um and just interacting with people that are in your niche i'm not sure if you've ever used tweet deck before um but it's a really yeah tweet deck is a really cool little uh little site that i've used a little bit recently and i'm probably gonna start using it more it allows you to essentially like if you're in your desktop you can have like four or five streams of uh twitter you can be like i want this this stream might be just all the tweets of the word startups in it this stream might have all the all the tweets that have the word venture capital in it and if you do that right um and you have somebody who's pretty witty behind the computer they can be responding to all of these people that are your target customers right um and if you do that right that's how you really can get the organic reach and you're also kind of like 
touching a customer directly. You know what I mean? Um, so it can work out well if you do if you use Twitter right. I think Twitter is probably the most. I think Twitter is probably the most undervalued business platform. Other than well, TikTok is like on point. Like TikTok is super valuable and everybody knows it. Um, but I think Twitter, if you used right with the right company, it's it's awesome. Well, they're different in the sense that I feel like TikTok is valuable because of uh, how like how much reach you're getting. Not necessarily that it's like the right people, although I'm sure you're connecting with some of the right people. You know what I mean? Like the the reach yeah. is just astounding compared to some of the older platforms. You know, like I, you know, I've, I've talked to people not every day, but often who are like, I'm out like on Facebook and Instagram. It's like the algorithm is just too hard. I'm, I can't afford to like even reach all of the people who actually follow me with content unless I'm like literally paying for it. So then, you know, you move to TikTok and it's like, you know, you post enough and you could be posting about like how to grow acorns and <laughs> you'd be popular if you posted enough videos, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, but I've, I've definitely found my home at Twitter quite a lot. Like I've been really digging my heels in to go on it. And then I went on and it was like, people are here talking like normal human beings. This is awesome. Like, I don't feel like everyone here has a facade. I don't feel, you know, you don't have to have like the most beautiful, stunning picture ever created to try to get seen. It's just like, you go on there, you're a person, you talk to people. And that's like totally my jam. And so <laughs> it's just funny. Yeah. Like, for years and years, I'm like, I'm not going on Twitter. And then sure enough. I've had the exact same thing too. And I think the other thing that people don't realize is people are really accessible. Like on, on just what, any platform realistically, um, I think very high level people are three clicks away. If you have a phone in your hands, which everybody does, right? Someone who is way more experienced at whatever you want to do is three clicks away. And I think that's the most beautiful thing. Like I reached out to VC, like there was a VC who tweeted that he raised like a $20 million fund um and i was like oh this is cool i looked into this fund it's a social impact fund i knew that their thesis didn't align with us so they weren't even gonna invest in us but i just reached out and was like yo dude tell me about your fund and he you know we had a great little conversation because i want to get into vc in the future um it was super cool to just be able to reach out to somebody like that, Isn't that um i think yeah it's, it's it's literally so crazy that you can just do that now um and i think people are taking that for granted or they're just not taking up on that opportunity that's right in front of them well, I like that idea that you, you said about having that tweet deck with those things open. Um, I just recalled that I found that out the other day. I, I pulled it up. It was kind of a nice way to just be able to keep up with comments and stuff. Um, but I had not used it yet. Like you mentioned about having like specific hashtag feeds rolling in real time. Because uh, that's pretty slick. And like you said, you know, for the people out there who are struggling to keep up with like, what do I make for content every day? it's like you said, you literally have something giving you all the information you would need to put your spin <laughs> on it every moment of every day. And exactly. Super valuable. Exactly. It's, it's super nice. Um, but I definitely do want to find somebody who's, who would be like perfect for it. It's just a very niche, very niche job, depending on like what your company is for us. Like it's so, so niche down with like startups, entrepreneurship, VC tech, kind of like, entrepreneurship as a whole but business we need somebody who's like really really savvy totally oh yeah it's like how do you make uh vc stuff hilarious you know like ah, oh, i invested that's super funny like <laughs> but you know what i mean but that's like i i what i need to do is i need to go on that uh vc brags so i can kind of get a flavor for that because that that's pretty hilarious yeah dude they're they're a really funny account definitely definitely worth following <laughs> 
I mean, I, I love talking crap. So that's just, that's just wonderful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, from your perspective as a content manager, what's your process to be able to go through with this chief meme guy and be able to really give a framework for what kind of content? Because like, obviously you're not going to tell him what kind of content to make, but there's got to be some sort of framework that you're building that says like, hey, like, it needs to kind of be like within these bounds. This is what we're about. How do you go about creating that framework for him? Um, I think it would really come down to a strategy. So I think some of the content, like, you know, under the assumption that I find somebody relatively soon, I think the way it'd probably work out is like, we would sort of have like a strategy session, every, you know, once a week check-in and also go through some of like the overarching points that we want to get across about who we are, what our advantages are over competition, over other platforms, um, and things like that. And then kind of, even if it's not necessarily, because I think there's kind of like two types of content where this comes in. One is just like super general. So like for what we're doing, for example, we're gonna be rolling out voice rooms here in the next month or so. Um, so we'd probably take a little jab at Clubhouse for fun, right? I, it doesn't necessarily have to be the most timely relevant. It doesn't have to be something that's like I don't know, on the new year or something like that, right? right? It can just be a scene from a movie that we could mesh into that to, to make a meme, right? Okay. Um, and then that would be the first type of content. And the second one would be something that's timely. So um, Slack and Notion just crashed the other day. So making a meme out of that. Or um, the new year is making a meme out of that. Like stuff like that, that you can put, like you said, putting your spin on it would be golden. So I think that's probably the two types of content we'd go through. And I would try to get the person that I'd be managing to make a ton of that general content, like a huge library of it um, as soon as possible. So that way we have all of that queued. And then as the timely things happen, we post the timely things when it's timely and the general stuff can just be posted from there. Right. Yeah, I kind of consider that like the evergreen content where it's like, it doesn't really ever get old per se, but it's also not super relevant either. So you don't, you miss that leverage, but you also have something that actually lasts for a while, which is always exactly. nice because it, it feels like you post something and it's just irrelevant immediately. And it's like, that's frustrating. I just spent yeah. a lot of time on that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there has to be like a meme library with like data. Like, I feel like there has to be like, the most used memes by certain time periods. Like I feel like there has to be a database somewhere. And I'm gonna I'm gonna look into it. No, that makes sense. I would say the only thing, the only random thing I have about memes is I feel like um I'm sure you've heard of iFunny. Yeah. Yeah, dude. So I don't know who's doing their marketing, but their push notifications are so perfectly timed, it's insane. Like they just have them like so I I, I used to have them, I don't anymore, but it'd be like it's lunchtime snack on these memes and it'd be like right at noon. And I'm like, how do they know? Like <laughs> and I, they would just like have them just like coming out at just like the perfect times. And it was like, dude, you, you guys are promoting content like just perfectly well. You and that's I mean? another part of what we're going to have to plan for too, as we start to scale, because being a tech platform, so like an app and a mobile and a web, web app as well is making sure those notifications are timely and making sure that they're also valuable, okay. right? I 
severely dislike whenever I see something, I get a Twitter notification like, hey, this person hasn't tweeted in a while. I'm like, I don't know who this is, right? Um, making sure that like what the notifications are, whenever you open up that notification, it's something that they get value from um, and finding a way to, to do that systematically and having a strong process. Um, that's gonna be more on the dev side of things. It's gonna be a mix between probably marketing side and dev right. uh, to put that together. but. Uh, it's definitely something to uh, figure out as we start to scale. So kind of going back to the startups and the, the, the raising of the funds and stuff like that, what do you think is different about a startup that they're willing to try so many different new things? Like you guys are like newish, right? And you guys are trying all these cool things. Um, is that just because of the fact that they hired you and you're just adventurous? Or is it <laughs> the fact that like startups just inherently are more um, willing to try new things? Like what kind of in your experience has been why startups seem to be so much more on the cutting edge of stuff uh bootstrapping because you're so low on funds you know what i mean um if you had a client come and say hey i have a you know half a million dollars to do on ad spend right you could just be like all right facebook ads and google ads and and whatever but whenever you're a startup and you have this you know most of your money's going into tech and you have this little tiny marketing budget you got to be creative and you got to come up with very unique things mm -hmm. um and i think for that there's a lot of different ways you can do it so for one of the things we did i wouldn't even say this is like necessarily like marketing but it's sort of it worked out to our advantage so what we did prior to launching and i think this is a really important thing to do as well is one we had a landing page super simple had all all over our social media right and then two, we hosted events for our community for the past two and a half, three years, right? So we're hosting events in New York, Pittsburgh, Chicago, DC, all these networking events for VCs, startups, founders. Yeah. And what that did was that allowed us to build up a huge email list, a long texting list. Um, so that way we could sort of really use that to our advantage and leverage as we start to scale. And also we're raising money on WeFunder at the moment. Uh, wefunder.com slash entra and what we've actually been able to do is i've seen people come through uh the email list or speakers we've had at our events and they're people who've actually invested in entra um, awesome. so and that's been it's been a really really valuable way to do it um so i think building up an email list is probably one of the best things i feel like people it's something that people really overlook it's not the most big bold creative thing i've seen um but i would say that's definitely a really big thing i think it's something that's kind of different and also events as a whole too, because events are great because you're actually face-to-face -face getting to know, I mean, pre-COVID face-to-face, but <laughs> right. uh, getting to know your customers and who the people are and you're interacting with them, right? There's hundreds of people, thousands of people who've been to our events and I'd be like, oh, that's Ryan from Mantra. Or, oh, that's Michael from Mantra. And they know you by name, um, which helps your brand as well. Well, yeah, because you, you for at least a, a period of time, have their complete attention, which is uh, so difficult to do online. Uh, you're, you're fighting, you know, six apps, what's actually happening in their life, uh, TV, the fact that they're actually work while they're doing all those other things. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's uh, man, I miss, I miss doing stuff <laughs> in person. Um, I'm waiting for people to like actually start getting physically sick whenever people use the word Zoom. So, because <laughs> it's going to happen eventually. I feel that. <laughs> so yeah, no, that's really cool. And I think I think you're right about email lists. I remember uh, I definitely like I'm starting to build one, 
And um, unfortunately, I started building right as everything started shutting down. So I didn't get to do events yet. And, and I'm looking forward to the time that they, they happen. Uh, but I started building email lists. And the whole re reason I even started is because I listened to a podcast and the guy was basically like, what's the only platform that you can build an audience in where you own the information and no one's going to wake up one day and change the algorithm and completely uh, cut you off from actually like being in contact with them? just email and it's yep. like dang and now because you guys are on um the uh, community right the texting platform yeah yeah or something similar to that mm -hmm. um which is amazing that's like literally like the text version of an email list and it's so beautiful because the barrier is so like you're already texting and then, then you're just texting someone else on, and it doesn't matter that it's from a business and it doesn't matter that it's from like some sort of service, you're still being able to talk to them. And I just think that's so valuable. Um, and it's huge. And it's, it's very, it's very direct. And also your open rates are so much higher with texting. It's actually really cool because I've used it as like me signing up for somebody else's texting mm -hmm. community. Like there's a VC that I was a really big fan of and I've been following for a while and I, I sent him a text and he actually responded and it's like, this That's is cool. awesome. Like, this is so cool. Yeah, I, f I follow Gordon Ramsay and so I'm just like waiting for him to like swear at me or something like that just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an idiot sandwich. <laughs> I know, right? It's such good stuff. Um, well, that's cool, man. What do you think is, if you could encourage someone who's kind of been doing traditional marketing for a long time, what would you kind of go about do to convincing them that says like, hey, you know, it's, it's actually worth trying these things. I know these are new. I know these things are not necessarily like scary, but just like untested. Um, what would you say to like really start like convincing them at least start looking at it? It's tough. I mean, it does depend on what, what you're doing specifically, yeah. you know, and it depends on what your business is. If you're into the startups, totally even like beyond even marketing it's more about networking because the thing here is like i love doing marketing stuff i love doing content um i'm not good at facebook ads not my forte right but yeah. i was able to ready i met a guy on tiktok who did ecom hit him hit him up in his dms he forwarded me to his ceo who does all of our facebook ads and he's a beast he's yeah. an absolute beast right so I would say if you're starting something right now, just meet as many people that are doing really cool stuff because you never know where it's going to end up bringing you. Um, I think that's one of the biggest things. And then I'd also say just TikTok because pumping out content on TikTok has been so, so valuable for us. Um, I had 8,000 followers like a month ago and I'm up to like 22. Like we said, like that one video that just pops off, I had a couple that just blew up. Right. Um, I'd say TikTok. And then I think beyond that, I know Gary Vee's been like talking about LinkedIn a lot, but not yeah. my, LinkedIn is not my favorite. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else that's new that I'm missing out on. Mm, I don't know. I'm very curious. It really depends on what your niche is. I think, I think gaming is going to be an interesting platform. I saw a founder, I, 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 I forget where I met him. I met a founder who has this platform that is a, advertising platform for gamers so like if you're watching somebody stream like a banner ad would come across okay. the stream or like if it was like a mcdonald's ad like ronald mcdonald would walk across the right across the screen and stuff like that and i thought it was very interesting so that could be something very unique 
Um, and also micro influencers is one of my favorite, or just TikTok influencers as a whole right. is probably one of my favorite things. And we're going to be doing a really big campaign once we launch 2.0. So be on the lookout for that on TikTok. Sweet. No, that'd be awesome. You guys have been like just posting like mad on TikTok. <laughs> so, so give us like some specific numbers if you're willing. Um, I see you guys are going live like probably a couple times a week. Uh, and then, and then, so, so tell me how, 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 what's your like targets? Like how often are you guys planning on going live and how much are you guys posting a week? Like just like regular videos, not live. I would say it's between seven and 20 posts a week. Um, okay. I do at least one post a day and I try to get three, but three is a lot. Um, so it depends if it's something that's timely. If it just happened, it's definitely going out kind of like the strategy I was talking about before. If it's general, I try to build up a queue if I can. Um, ideally want to get three out. I think today I've got, I posted one today. I think I got another one ready to go out later. Uh, one or two. Um, so that's sort of what I do. And then I try to go live at least once a day. It kind of depends like Christmas, I just took off from going live. I was just like, I'm just, I'm just relaxing like right. those couple of days. Um, but I try to go live like once, once a day, at least like probably like I'll post like once and like after the second post, I'll probably do go live uh, to try and boost them both. Nice. No, that, that's super fun. I didn't even realize that uh, TikTok did live for a while. And then I started people, people start doing that. I'm like, that's pretty cool, actually. You know, like, did you find that, uh, like, is there like a pretty good boost in, in engagement when you guys go live? For sure. And also, I think the other part of it, too, is I've got to actually like, after going live enough, there are people who specifically come into my life, like, almost every single time I can guarantee like eight to 10 people that just love being in my lives. That's cool. um, and they'll give me updates on their business, too, which is super cool. They're like, hey, I just raised money or hey, I just got connected with so-and-so or the products at this stage. And like, people like love, love doing that. Um, and the other part of it too, is like, I'm actually making like genuine connections too. It's, it's wild. So I've gotten on calls with so many people from TikTok. Um, and then on top of that, like the other crazy part is like, I talked about the WeFunder campaign. A lot of those people who came into the lives and some of the people who followed me actually ended up investing in, in the WeFunder campaign. Like maybe wild. a few thousand dollars came just from people from TikTok. Um, which is absolutely crazy that TikTok has that kind of power. Well, even if the num even if the the number amount of dollars wasn't super high, which it sounds like it, it's still pretty good, um, that just signifies that there are people who are like truly invested and care, and that in itself matters so much. So congratulations they, on that, and that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I think they see kind of like what the what the big picture is and what we're trying to build, um, which is really cool. And there's not too many. Create. There's only probably five creators in total that I know, other than myself, that are like in like the startup side of things mm -hmm. more so than just like general business or stocks or right. marketing. Uh, so it's a little bit more niche down. Yeah. So, um, what is something that you're like most excited about in 2021 when it comes to Entra or something of your own? Just like what what are you most looking forward to? I am, I'm so excited for 2.0 um, because so like, uh, what, like two months ago, maybe not even, uh, we got this new UX UI designer and the first time I talked to him was like, I don't know, not even a week after we had hired him and I was like talking to him, he's like, yo, hey, Solly, I like threw in new designs in the Figma 
and I checked them out and they were literally so crisp. Like the whole platform looks so much better. The whole thing's beautiful. It looks seamless. And I was really mind blown whenever he had just like whipped it up, um, awesome. which was super cool. Um, and then we're going to have like voice rooms coming here soon as well. So you can just hop into rooms with other entrepreneurs, talk about venture capital, startups, marketing, literally anything you want to. Um, I think it's going to help like this end-to-end networking solution. So you can easily network with other entrepreneurs. Um, and then also we're going to be rolling out this feature that allows you to book calls like directly on your profile. Um, and you can charge money as well events so we got we got a lot of really really big stuff coming in 2021 i think these next six months is going to be huge and i think once we roll out 2.0 a lot more people are going to um go over to the refunder campaign too because they see sort of like what we're doing because it's funny because right now like people i've gotten lots of feedback and people really liked it but we're still in 1.0 which is crazy that we're, yeah. i've still got positive feedback even from 1.0 right no that'll be super exciting that sounds like super super helpful stuff um and this kind of makes me think that you guys are doing a good job of just keeping your ear to what people are actually wanting which i think is huge when you're building something out you know most people i wouldn't say most people some people build things with kind of a lot of assumptions and it sounds like you guys really have your you know ear to the ground having real conversations with people and then because all of those things are just fantastic ways to start building your network outside of just you know adding and commenting you know be able to to be able to book a phone call is pretty slick. A hundred percent. And actually like part of my role, I've been like the community manager as well. So like the first, like uh, the past like month or two, part of my role has been getting on calls with people on the platform. So like my Calendly link is in my Entre profile bio. So like people in the community are booking calls with me. Um, and I'm getting like really good feedback from, from them, like what they want changed, what they want added, all kinds of stuff. Right, that's awesome. Well, sweet, man. Well, we'll wrap it up with that. And uh, if you could just share how people can get a hold of you um, and uh, I'll probably coordinate with you as far as like actually having links in the, some of the profiles. But yeah, if you could just kind of like let people know how to get a hold of you and find you. Yeah. So I'm uh, at Sully Does It All on Twitter and Instagram. Ryan at Join Entra is my email. And then at Sully on Entra. Um, yeah. And I'm always down to talk to anyone who's doing some cool stuff. So don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. You got it, man.